Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 5th of September, 2022. It is Labor Day, so I hope you guys are enjoying some well-deserved time off if you are working. I hope this makes your workday go a bit quicker. On today's show, we'll look at the performances of the new Big 12 teams. We'll do it every single week. Look how BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston did in their first week of games because some really interesting results. We'll take a look at those. And then also the Big 12 Stock Exchange. Whose stock is up? Whose stock is down after one week of action? We'll have all that and more on today's show. You are locked on Big 12. Your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. One huge note before we get going. Right now, we are hovering around 1,800 subscribers. In the last month, in the last month, we gained over 200. So my goal is over the course of the next month, let's get this thing to 2,000 subscribers. If you guys have not yet, please do. This is the best source for everything Big 12. We talk about conference realignment, talk about conference uh, you know, expansion, playoff expansion, how that stuff ties in, television deals, and also everything that happens on the football field as well in the Big 12 and also outside of it and how that stuff kind of affects the Big 12 Conference. So make sure you guys subscribe. We have daily shows, usually five, sometimes six days a week. We will have content for you all coming out. The calendar will kind of take shape here as we go along about what we do each week. You know, some recapping type stuff uh, happens on uh, Sunday and Monday, and then start to look forward and talk about some certain teams as we get into the week. So please, please, please subscribe to the show. All right, let's get to it. So a lot of you all, you know, if you're some of the new fans uh, if you're a fan of Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, or uh, Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, who am I missing here? Uh, Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, UCF. <laughs> totally lose my mind here. Uh, if you're a fan of any of those teams, you guys have been awesome to the channel. Thank you guys so much. And so I'm going to make sure you guys kind of get your fix, and it's important if you're a current Big 12 fan as well, kind of learn about the teams that are coming in the league and how they're performing and how they're doing because, you know, these are some of the teams we're going to be contending with if you're a fan of Texas Tech, a TCU, so on. Um I thought this was a really interesting week of AAC and also BYU action. And let's start in the AAC because they have three teams that are coming in. And we'll start with uh, the we'll start with the loss first. Cincinnati, they lose thirty-one twenty-four to Arkansas on the road to start the season. And I just want to say this about Cincinnati: like this loss, while I think Cincinnati had a lot of self-inflicted issues in this game. I think this loss is indicative of something greater and actually something that's more, more positive. The fact that after the last two seasons, Cincinnati has had, right? The, the 2020 season, uh, you think about that, that was a season where they went 9-1 and one and they lost very close in the end against Georgia, right? So 9-1 and one season there. And then last season, they go 13-1. and one. So the last two years, they're 22-2 and two with losses to Alabama and a loss to Georgia, right? Those are actually the last, uh, you know, last couple Nash champions, uh, some of the last couple Nash champions that we have had, right? So uh, when you think about, like, what does that say about Cincinnati? Sure, I know a lot of their schedule obviously takes place in the AAC, but the goal of a program a lot of times, or actually let's just say what you see what happens a lot of times, 
with those with the the, the mid major programs is the G five programs is that they'll have years of success. A lot of them will go eight and four, nine and three, right? And then they'll rip off a really nice 11, 10, 11, 12 win season, right? And kind of the season for the ages, right? UCF comes to mind. UCF's always a really good program, but they had that one year that really sticks out, right? The Peach Bowl year where they went undefeated in obviously 2017 and claimed that national title. And then you kind of take a step back and you have to reload and whatever. Um, this, this Cincinnati program might be able to pull something off at that level. And obviously going to the big 12 level. So it changes, but they're in the course of pulling something off that we really rarely see. I mean, well, rarely see that they, they are the only ones to go to a college ball playoff. Right. And so they had to stack a nine and zero with a 13, with a 13 and zero, And I know they lost the bowl game, but they lost by three. And also Georgia was playing a lot of their good players. And then it was a sugar bowl back there in 2020. Uh, Georgia was playing a lot of their, you know, really good guys. I mean, Aziz Ojolari had a big game and he was, you know, he's, he was one of their guys back then. Um, and obviously the Alabama game, the playoffs, we've seen teams get beat by more against Alabama. And last year, you know, they had to win games against Indiana. They win games against Notre Dame. And this year they challenged themselves off the bat. It's really hard to, for a program to like keep reloading and keep being this good. And for them to go on the road against Arkansas, who's a top 25 team, top 20 team. Now, you know, say what you want. Arkansas didn't look great in this game. But the fact that Cincinnati would not go away, and this was a one-score game in the very end of the game shows you where Cincinnati is and what they built as a program. Like the idea that's probably going to last, they, they phased out a big group of those guys. I mean, that defense, you know, they, they had the, they had the third most players go in the NFL draft. Cincinnati did behind LSU and Georgia last year. Cincinnati was right there at number three. That just shows you how much they lose. And sometimes it can be really difficult to overcome something like that. But Cincinnati, you know, they could not run the ball in this game. Uh, they had a really difficult time doing it, and they made some mistakes, especially the one Ben Bryant interception that he threw. But they were still, you know, I mean, this this was a back-and-forth game. There were a couple times where Arkansas put them down two scores. Arkansas went up 21-7 to at one point. You're thinking a little bit of, uh-oh, and, and that actually they went up 14 nothing. And so they had, let's see, I think they had, they had three 14-point leads in this game. So you had a 14 point lead. They got pushed back to seven right after a nice touchdown drive. Then you have a Jaden Hazelwood. Uh, it's good to see him back. Uh, you know, kind of big 12 universe right there at Arkansas. Okay. It's a touchdown. They get 21 seven. And then you see less than a minute and 50 seconds uh, or a minute, 10 seconds later in the third quarter, Cincinnati goes down and scores a touchdown. They had a field goal to make it a four point game. Um, uh, at, at that point in time. So uh, you see yeah, Arkansas came by the field goal and they scored a touchdown. And then with 549 to go, they got a touchdown Cincinnati did to make it a seven point game. And obviously, you know, they come up short, but for them to be in this game, to play the way they did really impressive. And Arkansas had a nice drive there at the end to ice the game. But for Cincinnati, once again, to go on the road in that environment, make a great accounting of themselves. And I think Arkansas is going to value that game a lot because they got pushed in some ways that are going to make them clean up a lot of stuff if they want to be any good. I think maybe also Cincinnati might have exposed some things too. But for them to have, be replacing so many parts on this offense, I thought it was a really good performance, all things considered. And I thought uh, for them at quarterback too, Ben Bryant looked really good. Once again, that one mistake, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of throwing those routes that are like for five yards if you're on the right hash and he was on the right hash, throws the ball to the left side and the sideline. 
I never think the juice is not worth the squeeze on those plays unless somebody's normally wide open and there is enough coverage on there. There's just too much time. There's just too much time for a defensive player to go and make a play on those balls. And so I think that's a, that's a throw that he'll definitely learn from, but Cincinnati as a whole, I I'm, I'm leaning Houston this year in the AAC. And I don't think that they're on each other's schedule this year too. So they could just meet in the title game again, but Cincinnati, like once again, what Luke fickle has built is so impressive when you think about how challenging it is for those programs to go up. They usually lose a coach when they do so and stay up. And he's built a, you know, what could be a powerhouse and something that might be built for the transition to the big 12 after what we just saw in this weekend's game. And I think they're obviously, you know, a team to watch for us, but keep a close eye on how they develop and what this team looks like. There's a chance they're a damn good football team at the end of the year because they've got they've got a few things there. Especially, I think their defense is a chance to be really good. I know they didn't play great in this game, but I, I you know I think their defense does still have a chance to be really good. I thought their passing defense was pretty good. They got torn up on the on the ground a, a good amount. They allowed five yards of carry, which like I've seen worse, but it wasn't excellent. But you know they just made a few more mistakes. They had ten penalties for sixty five yards. They had two turnovers compared to one turnover. Um, you know, they, they were not as a, it could not run the ball very well. They ran 3.6 yards per carry. So shout out to Arkansas's defense on that. And yeah, I mean, there you go. I think, I think that's kind of the story of this game, but just close and only lose seven point loss on a very difficult environment to a team that we think is going to be pretty good this year in Arkansas. So I think Cincinnati has to have a lot of credit. All right, let's go next and talk about Houston. Houston and UTSA played a really awesome football game that went to three overtimes and Houston ends up getting the win 37 to 35 in what was a very hostile environment in San Antonio. The, uh, the Alamo dome, the Alamo, what do they call it now? The Alamo dome. Yeah. Was, was on fire. Um, I thought that UTSA man under draft Jeff trailer, like the, the Houston non-conference schedule is I forgot how difficult it was. They've got UTSA on the road. They have Texas Tech on the road this week where they're actually three-point dogs, and they have Kansas. Uh, so, like, and also, I think, uh, I'm not sure if Rice, I don't think Rice is the American. Um, they have Rice also non-conference. It was like, you know, it's it, it's whatever. Uh, it's not, you know, it's, yeah, they're still CUSA. Um, it's not going to be a very difficult game. But still, you've got two Power 5 teams. I know it's KU, whatever, but you're playing UTSA on the road. You're playing Texas Tech on the road, and you're going to play Kansas. So, I think Kansas team actually might be better than we actually thought. So, I thought Houston had a chance to have a really special season, not make the playoff special, but a really awesome team, awesome season where they're kind of that G5 team that will represent when we get to bowl season in the uh, New Year's Six games. I think they're the, they're the odds-on favorite, in my opinion, right now to do so. Their offense really, I felt like, had a difficult time getting things going in that first half. I mean, they, they struggled uh, mightily to move the football and to actually score – they only scored seven points in that first half. And we thought that this was going to be one of the strengths of this team. And actually the first three quarters, they only got seven points out of it, but they explode for 17 points in the fourth quarter. One guy you have to watch in this team, Nathaniel Dell is an absolute star for them at wide receiver. You saw Clayton Toon make the jump into the end zone or it was end zone in overtime. I think it was. And uh, I, I think this team has just got a lot of, a, a lot, I mean, They've got a lot of skill. And I thought their defense in a 37-35 game, actually their defense in the end of the game bowed up a bit more now down the middle in the fourth quarter that was not bowing up with what happened there. But they made the stops where they had to, and then overtime they made the stop when they had to. 
I think this defense is a bit better than it actually played. And trust me, brother, they'll get that test this week, right? They're going to get a strong test from the Texas Tech Red Raiders on the road, especially, you know, going up against Zach Kittley offense. I mentioned whether it's Donovan Smith or Tyler Shuck, looks like it's going to be Donovan Smith. But they're going to have to cover all over the field. Uh, they're going to have to make sure that they account for running backs, try to get after the passer as well. They got a whole laundry list of things to do. But their offense showed the ability to score when they absolutely had to score, right? And they've got a really good kicker, too, in Bubba Baxa. So they're kind of set up to win tight, close ball games because they have a veteran quarterback. Nathaniel Dell was 22 for 32, or Nathaniel Dell, Clayton Toon was 22 for 32, 206 and three scores. And so not this outrageous game, but good enough. He also ran 51 yards in a score. They were not great on the ground in this game, but they've got wide receivers. Um, and also Nathaniel Dell, number one, like being a wide receiver too. They just have to get a bit better in coverage. And uh, I think, you know, try to effectively rush the passer a bit more. Also the defense in the middle of the field is not excellent, but I still think they've got the horses on this defense to actually be a really good team. And look, this defense was really good last year. Like that's the one thing we, we talked with Kevin Ashenfelder about this Houston defense. Uh, we talked about how good it was last season, and I think it'll continue to be good if they can kind of get some things corrected, but that's a group that should be good. Dana Holgerson, man, their group, that was a really tough, gritty win. They're probably going to have to grab another one, but I like the way that they're challenging themselves. They're one for one so far uh, on this, or one for two, I should say, in those really difficult road games in the state of Texas. But look, if they want to become that power, th- I mean, in Texas, and I think they have a shot, you all have heard me before say that I think – this Houston program is one that we're sleeping on. It's got a chance to build something really impressive in the Big 12 because of their geographic location and also the resources that they have, not to mention that they're performing at the right time before they join the league. The fact they went on the road and went and beat another team in Texas, I know it's UTSA, but it's a really good UTSA team. They went on the road. They got the job done. They're going to have to go on the road again now to a Power 5 team in Texas and try to do the same, which I'm very, very excited about. Uh, all right, the other game that we have to get to in this conference was UCF 56-10. to 10. John Rice Plumley, yes, that John Rice uh, Plumley was all over the place. 21 for 31, 308 and four scores. Also ran for 86 yards and a touchdown as well. Isaiah Bowser gets a pair of scores on the ground. This UCF team, you know, I, I've got some questions about how the good they were last year, but they're going to have Louisville at home this week the return game that they had uh, you know, last year, Louisville played them. So I'm really excited to see this match. They also have Georgia Tech. So this is a school that's challenging themselves. Obviously not two of the best programs, but people thought Louisville was going to be pretty good. And so a South Carolina State win kind of gets them off and running. Now the real tests come. But I, I mean, I think John Rice Plumley. after I, you know, I got to watch him when I was actually at Missouri as a student, uh, he's an exciting player. He is an exciting player because of how athletic he is. And I'm excited to see the season that he is going to have. Last game we have to get to, BYU in a very, very impressive performance. You know, I had I was thinking about the game they had last year, the UAB game, the bowl game, and you're worried about, well, you know, how good is this team? What, were they not motivated? What, what the hell was on going on in that game? And they go down to South Florida, and they beat the hell out of those Bulls. They went up to a 28-0 lead. In that first half, they led by uh, 31 at the break. So they put this game out of reach early on. And that's because of a, a couple guys. I mean, their running game was fantastic. 
Uh, you know, Pua Nakua had three carries for 76 yards and two touchdowns. But Christopher Brooks is the guy that looks like he is, you know, in line to replace Tyler Al- Algier, right? That's that's kind of what we thought, uh, you know, would be a situation for them this year. And he was really strong uh, with the way that he looked. 13 carries for uh, 135 yards and a score long run of 52 yards in this game. So their running offense could be a big key for them. We thought the passing game would be really good. Their running game was awesome. Now their defense, you know, defense later on in the game, I mean, they only give up 21 points. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, I just care about that first half when the game was competitive. The fact that they only give up uh, one touchdown in this game, uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of good news. I, I think, um, you know, I think it's very good news. I think it's very good news. And also the, uh, you know, the pick six for BYU in this game too, the fact that they were able to, you know, score uh, that way, I thought was really good. But the one touchdown drive really in the first half was all I'm concerned about for the defense for BYU. And I'm not too concerned about, it. I mean, total yards, only 279, right? 107 rushing yards, but I'm only go four yards a carry in the passing plays, 5.7 yards per, uh, per attempt or yeah, uh, per attempt for them passing wise or per, I guess, completion, right. Is the way to say that. So really good game for them. And the big test comes up this week at home in a game that I think, I think this one might get offensive. Like I actually think there's a chance. I know both defenses, Baylor and BYU played uh, really good this week defensively, but I, I think, I think this game could be offensive because both of them had explosive offensive weeks, 50 for BYU. And then obviously it was at 69 for Baylor. I think it was. So i uh, looking forward to that game. All right, quick word from our sponsors. And then a couple things on the stock exchange for the big 12. Today's show is brought to you by underdog. They are a new partner here with uh, us at Locked On, but Underdog is the best way to play fantasy. If you guys want to, you know, get with your friends, play fantasy, daily fantasy, weekly fantasy, whatever it is you guys want to do, you guys can do it. Sign up with a promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N Locked On Underdog, and you'll double your first deposit. So if you get a deposit, hundred bucks, you'll get another one hundred dollars free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store, Google Play Store. That's where you guys can find it. Once again, App Store, Google Play Store, you guys can find it there. And then once again, promo code locked on, and you guys will get a double your first deposit. So if you deposit 100, they'll make sure you double your money. They'll give you an extra 100 to play with. That is at Underdog Fantasy. All right, guys. So some of the stock exchange stuff I wanted to go through this week, just a couple things. Stock up for me, just Kansas as a as a football program. I'd mentioned this the other day, and I'll say it again one more time. Um, they against South Dakota did not look like a Division One football program. They against Tennessee Tech did look like a Division One football program, and they're going to go now on the road. But I think they've got a bit more confidence, and I think what they're going to try to do is that the one thing they need to try to do is slow this game down and limit possessions. We talked with Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World a couple weeks ago when we previewed Kansas, and he said the one thing Kansas needs to do is, you know, they can slow the game down with the running game. Kai Thomas did not have a good week. I'm interested to see what the carry, you know, the, the, the carries look like for him. Um, but Devin Neal was fantastic. I thought Jalen Daniels was fantastic. And so when you step up in competition now, what does that look like? And how will their defense look against this West Virginia passing attack and also the running game too? The running game wasn't great last week, but you know Pitt's got a really good front. I mean, I would call – like the running game was good because they obviously had C.J. Donaldson. 
But like, I wouldn't, that's not standard running game for them. Like Tony Mathis is a running back and they just found something with CJ Donaldson. So if that becomes a running game full time. Like it's a chance to be effective, but I'm not sure how sustainable nailing big plays with a guy, a freshman who's like listed as a tight end and is running the ball for you is going to be. So I have a big question there, but stock up for KU hundred percent stock down. I'll stay in the sunflower state. We'll go with Adrian Martinez. I said this before. I know it's part of the game plan, but did uh, completed one pass for 10 or more yards and it was for 10 yards. And uh, they only, you know, they, they didn't need to throw for a bunch of yardage, but I was not impressed at all with the way that the passing offense looked. I think they can be pretty dynamic in the run game. He ran for a touchdown in this game. Deuce Vaughn was fantastic, but they're going to need to throw the ball some. And I didn't see very much of it. Once again, it's one week. So it's not a huge stock down, not a big issue, but I think it's something that we must acknowledge. Uh, stock down for TCU and Garrett Riley because they, they picked a quarterback and now they're going to have to go back to a different guy. And so I'm not sure how that affects the offense. Uh, I really don't know how it's going to look for them now. And I think I'm just worried about their future and what that means for them. So stock down. I'm going to go with TCU's offense because of that situation. Stock up Texas Tech's offense. The reason being, I know it was against Murray State, but it's got to be stock up because you had the, you picked the guy, right? And um, it was Tyler Shuck and it was going very well. And then Donovan Smith comes in and just lights the world on fire, right? I mean, he was fantastic in that game. You could say, well, it was Murray State. Yeah, the, the, the nice thing was he made it look like it was Murray State. And, you know, we thought Miles Price was going to be the guy for them this year at wide receiver. Well, a couple other wide receivers uh, emerged. Loic Fungi. I mean, I this guy was not a guy who was seriously on my radar. You might say, Josh, you know, he should be. But this guy in total coming into 2022 had 12 catches for 235 yards and two scores in his career, but just 12 catches. And so now the 6'4 junior from Midland, Texas is going to get his opportunity, and he shows up in a big way, four for 110 and two scores, a big play threat for sure. And he's an older guy. They got a younger guy in Jerron Bradley who was dynamite, six for 108 and two scores. He's a 6'5 wide receiver. So they've got big-time big wideouts there. And also Taj Brooks goes for three scores as well. Once again, it's Murray State, but, you know, it's one week. I don't want to overreact, but Tech fans, I might have – your schedule's tough, and we're going to start seeing this week against an, a really good Houston team. But I think maybe I was – this might be a team that's good enough to go like 7-5, and 8-4, and four, maybe. I don't know yet, but it could be because this offense could be so dynamic if these playmakers on the outside turn out to be what they are. And also don't forget, I know I mentioned those other two guys, Miles Price like, didn't even have like that good of a game. Um, or, you know, well, fine game, but like that, you know, that wasn't the main focus, getting other guys the ball. And, uh, you know, the fact that they had three guys at quarterback, I mean, there are some quarterback battles league. Like I think TCU would love to have maybe any of these three guys. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm like kind of sure that like either Baron Morton, Donovan Smith or Tyler Shuck would start at TCU. I'm pretty sure all three of them could, right? Like there are, there are other schools in this league that would love to have this group of guys uh, there and they have all three of these guys, right? The talented freshman Baron Morton, or now I guess he's sophomore, Richard freshman, whatever he is now. Um, and then you got a guy in Donovan Smith who's still just technically a sophomore who we showed, you know, we saw ball out last year and ball out in this game. And obviously, Tyler Shuck, too. Once again, not saying stock down for Tyler Shuck, but like, darn it, like just darn it is all I have to say about that man. You hate it for that kid, you absolutely 
freaking hate it for Akita. Worked his tail off. Sounds like he won the job, won the job straight up. And that was the guy that was just showing better, you know, distanced himself just a little bit. And that's fantastic. And then it gets taken away from him on an unfortunate slide and injury right there. So um, not a stock down for him. Just one thing I want to acknowledge that I am sad for him because he seems like a kid that, you know, went out there once again and won that job and he's not going to get to keep it right. At least right now, it looks like uh, due to injury. I've not seen anything else about that right now, but the, the, the arm and the sling on the sideline um, uh, was big, right? I, I, I kind of tell you something that you need to know. So we'll see what happens on that front. Obviously it's Labor Day weekend. So maybe things are, you know, it's a bit slower to get all that kind of stuff done, like the x-rays and whatnot. Um, but there is a, there is a stock down for you right there um, or stock up, excuse me, with the, with the offense. One more stock down. So Neil Brown, his late game management was really bad. The punt was really bad. Everybody knows about it, right? He, he did not want to go for it in that situation, decides to punt uh, late in the game. And um, I, I have to say, like, that was disheartening. And also his video to the fan base telling them to stick with it. Like, I think that kind of reeks of desperation. I don't think West, you know, I saw on Twitter, I'm just basing this, I and mean, he's got a better pulse than I do, but there was a lot of positive reaction to my tweet about JT Daniels. Nobody's giving up on this West Virginia team. I don't think anybody in that locker room is. Like, I think it, the result sucks, but like your best wide receiver tipped the ball into the hands of the other team, and then you guys couldn't go down the field and score because it just wasn't enough time left, right? Uh, well, that's once again a clock management thing too. But like you guys were really close to tying that game up and a freak accident cost you that game. Right. So you, if you're West Virginia fans, you got to feel pretty good. Now look, there's a lot of stuff to clean up and you got to protect it. JG Daniels pretty well. He's taking a lot of hits in that game. But if you're a West Virginia fan, you got to feel encouraged, but I'm, I'm stocked down on Neil Brown in the state of mind there. I just, I thought it was an interesting move. I could be totally wrong on this, but I thought that was just unnecessary. And I didn't think, I mean, I know a lot of West Virginia fans. You guys are an awesome bunch. I love the way you guys interact with the content. You guys are great. I don't think any of y'all are giving up. Like, none of y'all seem like you're giving up at all. So I thought that was an interesting take from Neil Brown. Uh, we'll do more of these as the season goes along. All right, that's kind of it for my stock up and stock down. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Trying to get to 2,000 subscribers before the end of September. By the time we get to October 1, I want this to be a 2,000 subscribers show on YouTube. So make sure you guys help us out with that. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO big 12. You guys can find me at Josh neighbors underscore find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. So next time, as always, my friends stay safe.